This episode of Just the Right Book is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get on your way to being your best self. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash right book. We are living in stressful times, and the hustle and bustle of the holidays can make it even more stressful. If you're considering starting therapy, try BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with the best-for-you licensed therapist. Now is the time to give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WriteBook today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WriteBook. This is Roxanne Cody. Thanks for listening. And now back to Just the Right Book. This is Just the Right Book, and I'm Roxanne Cody of R.J. Julia Booksellers. Each week, I hope to bring to you the stories behind the books, talking with some of the very best contemporary nonfiction authors, books that are timeless and charming, provocative and of the moment, the conversations you want to hear about the books you need to read. Welcome to another edition of Just the Right Book Shorts. Bill Goldstein and I have been doing this for, gee, I think we've been doing it now for a couple of months, maybe a little bit longer. I'm joined by Bill Goldstein, who is a reviewer on NBC. He's an author, he's an essayist, and he's a brilliant reader. So I'm (laughs) always thrilled that Bill joins us. And I'm delighted to welcome all of you uh, to this episode. So we, what we do, in case you don't know, is uh, we just cover a bunch of books. We generally cover about four books that we're reading, loving, that we think you'll want to know about. Sometimes we talk about bestsellers. Sometimes we talk about sort of nothing to do with anything, but generally we cover a bunch of books. So welcome. And Billy, why don't we start with you? Well, thank you again. I love our experiment. I I think it's like one of the longest lived so far literary experiments that long, long may it wave. So today I wanted to talk about a book I just finished, or actually, sorry, it's just published. And I read it when it was in galleys because I love this writer so much. I read it immediately when I got it. It's called The Late Americans by Brandon Taylor. And sometimes what happens, I don't know if this happens to you is I'll read a book six months before it's published because the publisher will send a galley hoping eventually that I might review it. And then when the book is actually published, and if I talk about it with you or if I talk about it on my segment, I have to remind myself of what I loved about it. So I sometimes read it for a second time, which is what I did with the late Americans. Mm. Brandon Taylor is a young writer. I guess he's in his mid-30s. This is his second novel. His first novel was called Real Life, and it was published in about, I think, 2020. And then he published a book of short stories called Filthy Animals last year or in 2021. Mm. And so The Late Americans is his second novel. And he is, I think, just a brilliant writer. I love this perfect little shelf of books that is forming uh, of Brandon Taylor's in, in my apartment. And this is a book set at the Iowa Writers Workshop, but it opens up from that. So it's not an insular book at all. In fact, what's wonderful is the first 
chapter, basically, where we're in this seminar room with a bunch of poets, would give you the sense, oh, here we are with a bunch of poets sitting around talking about a poem that some of them love, some of them hate, but all of them are talking about it in this hilarious kind of canned way. Everybody's response, as genuine as they may think it is, is somehow canned. And yet we open up from that into the lives, not only of people in this seminar, but then into people who live in Iowa City. And so you get this cast of characters and you get really deep inside each of their perspectives. And one of the things that I was so moved by early in the novel, it's in the first chapter, we're in this seminar room and one of the characters, one of the poets realizes as, as he leaves this and goes to his day job that all the people around him have their own lives. They're all in the business of living. I mean, he's in his early 20s. I mean, this is a shock to him. And he realizes that, is it possible even really to pierce the universe and understand, you know, pierce the universe of other people and begin to understand them? And so he's he's in shock as a young man. He's in shock as a poet. And I think that sort of carries through this whole book as we move through these fictional lives we are getting to pierce the universe of who these people are, even though they're fictional characters. And I love when novels do that. They make you feel that you are learning about the inner lives of people who look like and sound like the people you knew or the people you used to know. And the way a novel opens up an entire universe, pierces that universe, it's both about these people and their struggles. I mean, they have real interesting struggles and interesting dynamic sex lives, romantic lives, uh, psychological lives, you know, messy pasts, messy present, and Brandon Taylor leaves it all together. Billy, is it more character than plot-driven? Oh, yes. it's. Def- I mean, the yeah. plot is how these people interact with one another and, uh, you know, sort of the, the uh, how... But not know, determinative. No. I mean, in fact, I mean, I don't want to say there's no plot because that would make it seem as if the book doesn't have energy. The book has real drive as these characters sort of cohere around one another into this, as I say, universe of people. But we're really moving from one character to the other to see how they're interacting with one another, how they're failing to interact with their lovers, how they, you know, have dreams that'll never be fulfilled and really the loneliness of many of these people Mm. because they're not connecting partly because they're young and then partly because what are the chances of connection in this world? I mean, I suppose I don't want to make it sound too bleak because it's so exciting to read uh, Brandon Taylor and that's the thrill of of the late American. I think if you have time, you can read all three of his books because they're all about 200, 250 pages. And- All right. Okay, well, the book I'm going to talk about, neither one of them have only 200 pages. I thought I would take a minute to talk about consecutively uh, the two of the books that won the Pulitzer Prize. So the first one I'll talk about is Trust by Herman Diaz. And I read that quite some time ago. I read it in Galley and... Herman Diaz is a very gifted writer, and if you've read one of his books, you know nothing about the other book, because his books are so different. But Trust is about a financier 
from the 1920s to, I think, like the 1960s or 70s. I don't really remember. But it's got a fascinating construct. So it's basically a story about this guy who, you know, to listen to him was involved in every major financial success that happened during the time of his career. And he's responsible for nothing that went wrong. But what's clever that Herman does is first we read about him in a biography that's been written about him. Then we read the character's attempt at telling his own story. Then we read another uh, writer's version of him. And then ultimately we read the wife's version of him. So you're riveted by every one of these stories. You're not sure who's reliable or unreliable, or maybe they're all true, but it takes a perspective. And I found the end of it to have almost created a surprise that you've actually been reading a mystery, (laughs) you know, that it ends up in a place you think that, is a surprise to everything else, except maybe that's not a reliable narrator. Now, if you're interested in the financial world, you'll absolutely love this. But I've recommended this to people who have no interest in the financial world. And everybody finds this book fascinating. Like you were talking about the late Americans book. I mean, on top of a very interesting biography within a biography, you are reminded of all the inner lives of people that operate. So it's called Trust by Herman Herman Diaz and just won the Pulitzer. Yes, I'm so glad that you mentioned this book because it's also just out in paperback. Their timing could not have been better. I think it came out like the day it won the Pulitzer or something like that. But I felt the same way about the book. I mean, you, you as you move through these four narratives, just one is sort of uncovering the secrets of the other. And you realize you're reading a mystery, even yeah. <laughs> though that, you know, it's not a whodunit. And you, you made the point, but you don't know which narrative to believe. You don't know which narrative you can trust. And so I loved that the title itself suggested so many things, because it's also about trust. You know, can you trust your financiers what about the you know people set up trusts i mean as a as a vehicle of 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 business and and money and it it's just a beautifully written book and i interviewed him at a literary festival last fall and he said that a lot of the reason he was interested in writing this book was that he thinks not enough American writers of uh, the past or or present write actually about money. He said that mm. most of the writers like Theodore Dreiser or Edith Wharton or even Henry James, who we think of historically as having written about money, really are writing about class. And so as his part of his research, he read all of these autobiographies of of you know, dead financiers and things like that, you know, which he said was the most boring research imaginable. But whatever he did in research, he certainly did not write a boring book and it, and it deserves the Pulitzer. I was so excited when-, when Yeah, me too. 
Billy, had you read, you know, speaking of books written about finance is, I'm not sure I'm going to have his name right, but there were a couple of books written by John. I don't think it's Lancaster. I think it's Laycaster. Oh, uh, John Lanchester. Uh, he, he's a British novelist, I think. He's a British novelist, Lanchester. And he wrote a couple of books that I would say 15 years ago. He wrote a book called Capital, and I read that. It's set in London, I believe. And right. It, that it's kind so of, good. Yes. This episode of Just the Right Book is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get on your way to being your best self. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash right book. We are living in stressful times, and the hustle and bustle of the holidays can make it even more stressful. If you're considering starting therapy, try BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with the best-for-you licensed therapist. Now is the time to give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WriteBook today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WriteBook. This is Roxanne Cody. Thanks for listening. And now back to Just the Right Book. All right, Billy, we got to move on to your next suggestion. Okay. So the next book I want to talk about is a book that I'm looking forward to. It's going to be published in early June. I think the publication date is June 6th. So people will have time to order it from RJ Julia, pre-order it from RJ Julia, is My High Jacking, A Personal History of Forgetting and Remembering by Martha Hodes. I'm holding it up as if uh, as if people can see it, but it's called My Hijacking, as I say. And uh, it's about a hijacking, a plane hijacking in 1970. Martha Hodes, the author, who I'll say a little bit more about, was flying back to New York City from Israel, and their plane was hijacked by uh, a Palestinian group to uh, draw attention to it. And they landed in the Jordan Desert. And this is her account of what happened to her and the other passengers as a 12-year-old. But what is so unusual about the book and what I think makes it so different from a memoir, even of childhood trauma or political history, is that Martha Hodes is a prize-winning historian. She won the Lincoln Prize for what I think would be her most well-known book, but it's it's she's previously written sort of more academic books, is called Mourning Lincoln. And it was about the ways in which people in the South and the North reacted to the Lincoln assassination and how the Lincoln assassination then sort of set the way, the reactions to the set the way for reconstruction and the divisions in our country that that remain today. And that's a brilliant book. So My Hijacking is very much her experience as a 12-year-old as she can recreate it. Um, her sister was also on the flight. And as I said, they were flying home unaccompanied uh, you know, by their parents. And then she's also done a lot of historical research and merged that in this 
really moving. I, I hate to use the word thrilling because it would it gives the wrong feel, and yet it's a very tense book and just thrilling that we are able to re-experience this through her eyes as an adult mm. and also the distance that she tries to create and successfully does as a historian who's talked to her sister, talked to all these other people and never trusting her own memory and really finding that in so many ways, even though you're she's talking to all these people, individual memories cannot be trusted. And so how does this hijacking remain as she puts it in the title, my hijacking, and yet a historical event. It's so thought-provoking. It's so I moving. might want to interview her and uh, read the book. She she is, as I say, a brilliant scholar and has so much to say. I first met her at a dinner at which a group of historians were, were speaking. And so I have been an admirer of hers and was not prepared, really, for this complete departure from mm. what she has written before. She lives in New York. She teaches at NYU. So I'm sure she could get on a train if you wanted to do an event with her, or she would get on the phone to do a podcast. So people are thinking of Father's Day gifts. This would be a perfect one among so many other books. Well, this book that I'm going to talk about, which also won the Pulitzer, is another great Father's Day gift, but it's good for anybody. And I just started it. It's called G-Men, J. Edgar Hoover and the Making of an American Century by Beverly Gage, who's here at Yale. So J. Edgar Hoover, for most of us that are alive today, was this kind of wide squat, scary head of the FBI. And he was born in 1895 and he died in 1972 And he became the director of the FBI in 1924 when he was sort of a dazzling wonderkind and thin. And what (laughs) Beverly Gage does, it's been about 30 years since there was another biography of J. Edgar Hoover. She's a phenomenal storyteller. She had access to an array of documents that were not available when the previous biography was written. So she has like letters that J. Edgar Hoover wrote and internal memos of the FBI that they were so confident about the kind of gates they put around access to them that they were pretty freewheeling in what they said, shockingly freewheeling. But the other is... J. Edgar Hoover, you know, served with eight presidents, would under a theory be viewed as a conservative, but was closest to Lyndon Johnson and Franklin Roosevelt, hardly too conservative. (laughs) And he was a complicated man. He did a lot of good. He, you know, we might say, got a little enamored of his power and control, mm. probably would be considered racist by any any measure. He justified bugging Martin Luther King as for the good of the country, when, of course, it was not for the good of the country. Anyway, this is a span of history, a span of time, and 
when you think of the breadth of the cases that J. Edgar Hoover was involved in, I am so excited about (laughs) reading the rest of this book because I love these books that combine human nature, biography, and history. And Beverly Gage does this in the most extraordinary way. I couldn't agree more. It's a great book. I can't wait for you to to read more in it. I, I think it's one of the best biographies I've read. And the thing that was so astounding was the way I think in which she, as in the best biographies, provides the context of history in which this lie, this particular right. life. Lived. Right. And I think she shows overall that that as much as Hoover shaped our times, you know, our country in in what we might remember as negative ways. He was a product of his times, too. So he's right. not the only one. It's like you, you don't want to turn J. Edgar Hoover into, you know, the sole evil force of those 50 years exactly. ahead of the FBI, because he was reflecting American opinion as well as shaping the, the country. Right. So, Billy, we just used up our time, which hopefully everybody will enjoy. You've been listening to Just the Right Book Shorts. I think we're still calling this an experiment. (laughs) So uh, you can write to us at podcast at rjjulia.com. So we've done a couple of shows where we covered a lot of books and didn't say much about them. We've done shows where we covered two books and said a lot about them. We've sort of settled on this format that four books is about what most people who have written to us seem to like, where we say a little bit more than a sentence on the book, but not so much that they're going to, you know, get bored with us. (laughs) And four books is enough to think about that they need to read because after they listen to us, they're going to want to read all the books, we assume. But by all means, keep writing to us with any suggestions or observations. Billy and I are extremely flexible. (laughs) I mean, given that we both read the back of cereal boxes, (laughs) we're happy to have any uh, guidance on what you'd like us to talk about. So, Billy, thanks so much uh, for your time. And thanks to all of you for listening. You are listening to Just the Right Book with Roxanne Cody, brought to you by Lit Hub Radio. The show is produced by Roxanne Cody, Michael Selleck, and Lit Hub Radio. Our editor is Gino Cardone at Pleasant Podcast. The original theme music is by Kurt Feldman. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am Roxanne Cody. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any comments, observations, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me at justtherightbook at rjjulia.com.